the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. I'm always so thankful that you're joining me today. And I am, as usual, I have quite wonderful guests, and I have very good friends of mine, but also amazing people in ministry. This is John and Francis Shepard, and they have been doing ministry together for over 30 years. And I really wanted them to come on the show and just give us some testimonials and some insights and experience of what it is like to do ministry as a couple and what that feels like and the ups and downs of that. And so let me tell you a little bit about Frances. She is a dedicated wife, a mother, and a grandmother. And if you were to see her in person, you would never believe she was a grandmother. And she's faithfully served in church for almost 50 years. So she's done full-time for a megachurch here in Arizona, providing oversight and pastoral care, volunteer training, recruiting, and retaining. And she also does weddings and funerals. She is an ordained minister, which is very exciting for her to do many of these wonderful ceremonies for people. And so she serves alongside her husband, who is John Shepherd, and he is the campus pastor at a very exciting and vibrant church here in the Valley. And they wear many different hats. Now, Francis, which we will talk a little bit more about, has also recently taken on a new endeavor, which is starting her own business. And we are going to talk a little bit about that as well. Now, John, true to form, you all have listened to many of the uh, shows I have done on gender, and I have to tell you, just visually looking at their different uh, bios, Frances gave me a beautiful picture of herself and all these wonderful paragraphs that I could read. John gave me bullet points. So it is really hilarious to me when I, com- when I really compare and contrast men and women. It cracks me up. So John was born in Chicago. He's 56 years old. He's been married for 37 years this July. And Francis is his high school sweetheart, and that is a really amazing story that I'm hoping we get to fit into the show. And so they have two children, a son and a daughter, and they also have three grandsons, ages one and a half, three and a half, and one that's almost six years old. So he is certainly is ser- uh, currently serving as the care pastor at Hillsong Phoenix Downtown Campus and has been a part of City Church, City of Grace, and Hillsongs for 16 years. So welcome, John and Francis. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so what glad you're honor. here. It's yes. really, really fun. So <laughs> I'm excited about just what you guys have to share. And, 
you know, it was funny because I asked you, I had this one question, you know, the toll it takes on your marriage. And you said, what does that mean? Right. And I said, well, I wanted to know if it has a negative effect or if it's difficult sometimes. And you both kind of started laughing like, you have no idea. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, so John, why don't you start a little bit? Tell me a little bit how you got into ministry to begin with. Oh, boy. You know, when I accepted Christ, I can tell you, January 15th, I'm sorry, February 25th, 1979. Wow. It just seems like once I accepted Christ, um, I just had a hunger for the Word. I just had a hunger just to, to serve in any way. I was just thankful. I, I think I was filled with more gratitude than anything that I received forgiveness. I received a clean slate. And so I know what that felt like, what I experienced. And, and it, I guess in essence, I just want to make sure I shared what I had received or I was mirroring what I had received. Wow. Because, you know, you have quite a testimony as to, you know, how you met Francis. You came from a pretty rough part of Chicago and yes. moved to the suburbs and met Francis. Yes, it was a, an awakening for me to move from the inner city to the suburbs because I thought everyone was strange. <laughs> yes. I wasn't used to nice people, smiling wow. people, whatever. So it was an adjustment, but it was one of the best things that could have possibly happened. And we just happened to have the same number address, house address, but a different street. And my mail used to come to her house inadvertently, so she would volunteer to bring it, and I would just take it and slam the door. <laughs> and so I, I didn't think I was being mean, but she thought that was being mean, but... You were, you were being Chicago. I was being Chicago. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you, first, first time you met him, what did you think? Goodness, I was in the fourth grade, and oh I can goodness. remember walking out of school and looking across the, the um, playground and seeing this tall boy. And, of course, coming from the suburb, anybody that was not from our community was, was um, you know, we were inquisitive so I saw several kids surrounding him, and I looked over, and I, and I tell, I kid you not, out of my mouth, I said, I'm going to marry him. I had not even <laughs> met him. Why did I say that? I don't know why I said that, but I did. And so I kind of subtly pursued him because my brothers, I have three brothers, and they all, you know, they never liked girls who chased them. So I made sure I didn't chase him. I just kind of watched him. And um, gosh, it wasn't. And I was such a tomboy. I played on all the sporting teams that he did. Um, but That's it, amazing because you're so feminine looking. Oh, get me it? on a basketball court and watch me go. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. but um, it wasn't until high school, um, you know, that we actually got together. And, um, you know, then John was my only boyfriend. Wow. Um, and your dad and was pretty kinda, hard on him. My dad was very strict. That's why John was my only boyfriend. <laughs> It was scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wow. here we are today. Yeah. And so how old were you when you got married? We were, I was 18. I just turned 18, actually. And John was 19. Wow. Yeah, we were so very, how, very young. So how did you, how did the whole going into ministry together occur? It wasn't immediate. Was Well, maybe it was. I think for us, it was a gradual thing. It was that we both had a love for Christ and that that love just kind of grew for him and for other people. So we had to find an avenue that we can express that. And so um, we were serving in the church together after we were married. Um, you know, he was on one team, I was on another team, but together we served. And then we just felt a passion or 
um, an excitement in our spirits, sure. didn't we? To, to just kind of learn more, to grow more, to do more um, for God. We felt the calling. We didn't know the, the term for it at that time, but we had a calling to, to, to serve God in, in that capacity in a leadership way. Wow. So were you ordained at the same time? or we, what? Yes, we were. And it was the church you were serving at originally? Actually, no, it wasn't until we were on staff part-time in another state before we moved to Arizona. We were always serving, leading. And then it wasn't until we moved to Arizona that um, the church that we attend even now, um, our pastor ordained us many years ago now. But yeah, yeah, together. So, John, how, when did you know you wanted to go into ministry, just you, just individually? Boy, it seems like forever. You know, even when I was working my normal jobs like everyone, you know, back when we lived in Illinois, you know, all my thoughts were geared towards just helping people, doing this, and I would always envision myself doing these things, helping people. And for a while it was a struggle because the enemy would come and make me think that I was being prideful when, in fact, it was just God's desire he had placed in me. Exactly. And so once... I grasped the fact that, you know, when I really weighed the situation and saw that I was not looking to benefit in any way from this, it was not a selfish thing. It actually was more of a selfless thing. So yes, that's indeed. what I kind of knew. Yes, I understood yes, it that hey, that was a genuine thing. Isn't so. that interesting how the enemy wants to make you think it's a selfish thing to go into ministry? Yes. When you finally grasp that and, and really start doing full-time ministry, you realize this is a really selfless, <laughs> yes, you is. know, profession. Oh, yes. yes. It's I've, a lot of dying to self. Yes, absolutely. We remember vividly that in one of our, because we attended Bible college together, and one of our professors said um, to us and to the group that we were in that the way that you spell ministry is W-O-R-K, that you have to roll up your sleeve and get in the trough, that the shepherd needs to smell like sheep. Exactly. Wow. You have to get oh, that it is a is good way. work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The shepherd needs to smell like the sheep. That's, That's right. amazing. You mm-hmm. got to get in there and get dirty. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Cuz people are messy. People are messy. Well, and we we, we are we, <laughs> and we as ministers bring our own mess. Yeah, that's you know? right. And exactly. <laughs> throw in the mix. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. We should wear a lot of different stains. So how so things have changed dramatically. I know for myself at my age how differently I see ministry and what I thought, you know, 30 years mm-hmm. ago, what I do now and how I think now is mm-hmm. radically different. Now, the intent is still the same. Mm-hmm. Sure. The calling is still the same. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I thankfully, God has really helped me smooth down some things and yeah. I don't get as snagged. I tell people all the time, you're like a walking piece of Velcro. Mm-hmm. You snag on everything. That's yes. good. You know, and we have to, and man, if you let ministry do what it's supposed to do to the person ministering, mm-hmm. it really smooths this down. Yes, it Absolutely. It's that ironing, sharpening iron. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, well, I can tell you this, not when my view of ministry, you know, it's just kind of, it seems a little bit strange because I think I was a, l- a little bit ahead of the curve, so to speak, and that I didn't have to struggle with what I thought ministry was. I know how, what I saw, but in my heart, just the things that got put in my heart was just a whole, like you had a just different a whole vision different thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when we actually got to the point where we moved here and we were looking, we had been praying about where to go, where to attend church, and we did go and visit uh, the church way we had been at all this time, uh, listening to the pastor and his vision, his, that's just that the things that he was sharing, it all lined up. 
And so it just settled wow. things in my heart as far as those things are concerned. And so how did you how did you proceed? Did you did you just start attending the church? And you know sometimes our gifts find us out. Sometimes we have to they go tell do. someone. Oh, Cynthia, it has been a road and a journey for us um, from the time that we made the decision to step out in faith mm-hmm. and to to just take a risk, you know, um, and move from Illinois. To attend Bible college. Then once we completed Bible college, where was it that God wanted us to go? And his leading for us to come here to Arizona and getting involved in the church that we started right from the beginning, which is the church that we still attend till this day. Um, just a process yes. that um, God led us. It's just been amazing. His faithfulness is great. You know, it's always nice when you look back. You know, and you see things mm. so so differently when you're kind of in the midst of it. You know, it takes tremendous faith to yes, really know that you're yes. doing what God has called you to do. Yeah, yeah. And and there is a lot of, of pitfalls and a lot of challenges that mm-hmm. come. So mm-hmm. we're going to start this next segment, and I okay. kind of, I would love you to be able to talk a little bit about as as freely as you can, as you feel comfortable, just you know what it does to your marriage because there are so many people that are naive. And they have this great idea that that's what we need to go out and do. And sometimes they really don't understand what they're getting into. That's right. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with John and Francis Shepard as we talk about the ministry that couples endeavor on and what that really looks like. Make sure you look at the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Join me again, 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you for joining me today. If you're just joining in, I have a wonderful couple here in the studio. This is John and Francis Shepard. They have been ministering as a couple for over 30 years. They have a wonderful story about how they met, and they have all these wonderful stories, but we do know that there is the human side, and that as good as life can be, and God does such good things for us and through us and with us, but there is a price that we pay, and that is the dying to self, and that is the, the, the ironing, sharpening iron that God does. And when you are in ministry, he takes it very seriously. So tell me a little bit about what's that like? What are the hard parts about being married and being in ministry? Well, the hardest part for me was dealing with my own issues. Mm. I have a wonderful, strong leader wife <laughs> that's who's like, why, that's I'm telling why. you she is gifted in so many different ways. He's earning and, uh, points this way. No, yeah. I'm just telling the truth. Right? <laughs> that's what it's all about. So but the thing for me is just dealing with my own inadequacies and baggage, just the things I never thought were really issues, but it started to affect the way I viewed her because working together, she was, you know, had great responsibilities, which I had to kind of be responsible to her in some areas. And so it's just like, okay, you have work, and then you go home, but it's still your boss is there, so to speak. Exactly. So having to make the adjustment, I didn't really do well initially making adjustments. And really it was to my own detriment because, again, it was just one of those things to where, you know, I think God still, he restored some things, but I was just stuck because I felt like, you know, um, uh, the boss was at work, the boss was at home, you know, and just, it's just hard for me to separate. And she works hard. You know, you bring up a really important point because it takes a very different type of man to be able to stay the leader of his home and really 
minister with a woman that has a call of leadership and strength. I mean, you know, that's why you and my husband get along so well, right? Yes. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> you have these two women <laughs> that think very quickly and talk very quickly. <laughs> but they're wonderful ladies. So yes. they're, they're, yeah, but, you know, I think that's a really interesting point because a lot of times there's this misnomer in the Christian world that, you know, women want to marry a pastor. You know, they want to mm-hmm. be a pastor's wife, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you are a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's a different combination for you guys because you're also a pastor. Yes. And so you have leadership, you know, skills and abilities that are different than John. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. how do you find that? You know, I, I know that with my own husband, when I give um, talks on gender differences and I talk about the fact that, yes, he still is the man. Mm-hmm. He still leads. He still has vision. Right, right. You know, but it isn't maybe a traditional marriage. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, Talk a and bit I about think that. Um, I, I think you just said it. I mean, that's what you have to come to grips with. That's what you have to understand is that every marriage is not cookie cutter. That's exactly what right. What works best for you in your relationship? And then we also have to keep in mind and remember that even though we're ministering to people, God is still doing something in us as Absolutely. well. He is shaping us. He is pruning us, and and, and He's developing in us. And sometimes it looks, it may not look the way that we want it to look. It become, become, I mean, like John and I, you know, it came in the form of us really working together and trying to find that balance together. Um, so that, that you don't diminish each other. It's like yes, I, I had a yes. conversation with a couple and um, he kept saying, well, you know, I have to figure out how to fit into her life. And I said, mm. no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We don't fit into someone's life. Mm-hmm. We make the marriage, the space, big enough to hold both people. We don't want to diminish anyone. Right. And so it takes an amazing man to not want to squash that woman. That's right. You know, and for you to be able to also continue to submit Mm -hmm. in many ways Mm -hmm. and show respect. Yes. For who he is and the calling he has on his life, even though they're very different. Absolutely. We're very different people. Yes. But we respect each other in those differences. Yes. Which is the key. And rejoice in each other's gifts yes absolutely. And, and i marvel yes, I at his gifts and i, I mean, marvel at hers as well. <laughs> <laughs> believe me you know and to our to your listeners it may sound like oh my goodness those people are just kind of you know really um petting each other on the back or whatever but it's the truth i marvel at john's gifts and talents and i tell him that all the time he's such a value to the body of christ because his gifts are unique. Yes, he they has are. the awesome ability to see people um, in, the, in the way that God sees them mm-hmm. and to love them unconditionally and to hug them. I've, I've heard people tell me that his hugs are healing. Yes, you know? they are. And yes. with me, I'm more task-oriented, so I'm like, okay, well, what do we need to get done? Let's get this person going. It's good. And I love people, but not in a way that he does. He's, exactly. he's needed. And so... recognizing that is really what helps to bring balance to the relationship when you have two ministers, you have two pastors working together. That's exactly right. And being able to do it in a good combination. Absolutely. And to respect and love each other in the process. That's right. You know, because I know when I look at you guys and, you know, the more I've gotten to know you, you have very strong personalities in your own Mm -hmm. right. You know, John's a little more introverted, but there's a strength there Mm -hmm. that is 
palatable, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there. Mm-hmm. You ha- you're more extroverted and have a wonderful strength that you just show mm-hmm. up in the room and everybody sees you, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's, it's amazing because when we're all getting along in front of people, th- mm-hmm. people think that, oh, they just get along so well and they're so happy together. <laughs> and, you know, and people are always amazed when I say, oh, you know, my husband and I, if we have an argument, they're like, you argue? <sighs> you're a relationship expert. And I'm right, like, that's right. one of the reasons I'm an expert, right? Because right. I understand Absolutely. arguing and getting yes. in the crosshairs with someone and yes, yes. feeling like they have three heads when you're looking at them, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. how you do that. Yes. And then have to minister at the same time. You sure. know what is forgiveness? Yes, it is. You, uh, it's forgiveness. Forgiveness and is processing through offenses because, you know, scripture tells us that when offenses come, not that if we know that offenses are going to come and you're going to rub each other the wrong way, especially when you have the the different personalities and leadership skills and um, what you do with those, you know, is important how you process. It's not always easy. I can tell you now. I mean, we've we have battles you know, but we can come through. I mean, 37 years of learning right. how to come through those battles. You and, you know, know isn't so. it, it's amazing how you can have so much history of coming through battles and mm-hmm. then you have a new one that comes and it's like the first one. Yes. Right, right. You know, and it's like even though you have, you know, I, we, Michael and I have great skills and we know how to maneuver through it because yeah. we've practiced it. But still, when it first starts, it's like. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yes. And sometimes they can come out of nowhere. Sometimes they're misunderstanding. Sometimes right. it's tiredness. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes. And Hormones. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about that. <laughs> you're a, you're, anything you're, about you're that. a very smart man. I Only admit. women are allowed to say that. Right? That's right. Yes, that's why I, I defer to you guys when that's, it comes to the hormone issues. So. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> We're coming up on a break. And so I'm so glad to have you guys with me today. And this is John and Francis Shepard, and they have been in ministry together for over 35 years, almost 37 years. And um, they have done such great things here in the Valley. And I've been so fortunate to know them and to have them as friends. And we're talking really today about this idea about what it's like to be married and to be in ministry. Because there's different ways of being in ministry. You might be called to um, a children's program. You may be called to uh, working on just a support. It may be helping the church property. Mm-hmm. But it's something when you're doing it together, what it means to your relationship. So join us again in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you listen uh, on the sh- to the show in its entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And if you're just joining in today, I want to make sure that you know if you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, you can listen to the show in its entirety. So we're so glad to have you joining us today. And this is, um, we have John and Francis Shepard, who are pastors uh, here in the Valley, and they minister together now for 37 years. So we were kind of talking off air about the idea of different types of ministry. And what we're really talking about is when a couple comes together and says they truly want to serve God and they want to do it together as a couple. Now, that may not mean they do the same position in the same way, 
but they are really committing as a couple to ministry, whether that be a food drive, whether that be baptismal ministries, whether that be cleaning up the pews after the church service is over, whether that actually be pastoring on a stage, music, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, though, the enemy sees that as two are better than one, and that's a powerhouse, and he comes against us Mm -hmm. like a flood. Mm -hmm. So, John, you know, you kind of are saying yes. So tell us a little bit about what what you've experienced and know about that. Well, the thing of it is I know that early on, even before we moved from Illinois, you know, one of the things that God would always put on our hearts was to always have people over, and we would invite couples to come over. We just really felt led to just inviting certain couples and, and bring a mix. They have some believers and maybe a couple of couples that were not believers just to get them exposed to see that everybody's okay and we can have a great time to establish relationships. So that's how I think it started as far as us ministering together. And I believe a lot of great things came out of that. Absolutely. And so, you know, so in doing that and, and just being effective and just like even with her position, position that she was in, and leading people, building teams and things like that. And I was more on the care side of it. You know, uh, I was more on the emotional side. So it's a different pool on both uh, on both sides of it. And when she has to make sure things get done, I'm more thinking about the people. Exactly. You know, whatever. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with the way that she was thinking because she had things to get done. And if she didn't do what she did, I couldn't effectively do what I do. Right, right. So, so it was just a matter of just making sure that you really recognize things for what they are and not diminish what she's doing because I'm so emotional about the situation. Right, exactly. Exactly. I think that's the biggest challenge. I think it is important to recognize that each person has a piece in the bigger picture of what God is doing. And, you know, I know that when I was talking about, you know, the enemy kind of comes in like a flood. I I know that my husband, we can be doing great. I start to have an event, right? An event's coming up. And he always, I see the look in his eyes like a deer in headlights, you know, it's like, especially if I have a new one that I have to create a whole new presentation for. And, you know, even though we've done this for quite some time, you know, we usually do pretty good, but mm-hmm. there'll be that moment where somehow the enemy gets in yeah, sure. and a weak moment and, you know, all of a sudden derails us as a couple, mm-hmm. which makes it really difficult because if you're trying to minister... And you feel like you're not in sync with your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. It is huge. It, um, it, it's a very tough distraction. Yes, it is. And, you're and it can right. be over nothing. Exactly. Yes, just a littlest thing. Just a littlest thing. I, had a, I heard a sermon um, not too long ago that was talking about the giant at the gate. And when there's about to be, when there's going to be a breakthrough, when God's going to use you in a certain way, that usually there's a giant at the gate. Um, He was referring back to David and Goliath and how Goliath was not right at the gate. However, he represented the breakthrough that David was about to have just before David defeated Goliath. And so um, the whole topic or essence of that message was to remember that when you're about to do a breakthrough, God's going to do something magnificent or just um, amazing, amazing yes, in yes. your lives or through you that the enemy's going to bring up something to distract you or try to stop you. But And see, I think the other thing that I've seen the enemy do is he mm-hmm. loves to minimize. Yeah. And yes. so, you know, for people that are doing ministry that are maybe not as public, 
the enemy loves to come in and minimize what they're doing. Yes, yes. And cause them to feel like, oh, it doesn't really matter what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And then there can be fighting between that couple, Mm -hmm. right, to pull Mm -hmm. them apart. And so it's, you know, I have to recognize, and I'll look at Michael or Michael will look at me and we'll go, this is not us. This is the enemy. Yeah. This is the enemy. And we need to get a handle on this. Yeah. Absolutely. Because usually the arguments are not about a particular issue. <laughs> it's true. No. It's just something like the way I said something or the way he said something. And I <laughs> right. think, you know, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. I didn't mean anything. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing. What do you mean? What's wrong right. with you? Nothing's What's wrong that look? with me. What's the look Ex- about? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one more segment to go. So this hour has gone very quickly. So listeners, make sure you join us in this last segment as we finish talking with John and Francis Shepard, just a precious couple that has so much insight when it comes to ministry and just the way that they have done it and the calling that God has had on their lives and understanding how the enemy always wants to come against anything God is doing. And he wants us to feel like we have to do it perfectly. And so we're really going to continue to address this. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment, 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk Radio. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure that if you are just tuning in, you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show in its entirety. You can also find it on the KPXQ Faith Talk website as well. And I think you're going to really enjoy listening to the show in its entirety. I have John and Francis Shepard with me. They are uh, pastors here in the Valley at a mega church, and they have done really, really small churches, really big churches. They've done ministry without being at a church. So they have been ministering for 37 years. And when we were off air, we were kind of talking about this idea that in today's world, I really believe that just simply being a married couple is a ministry in and of itself. That is changing the world just that way. Mm -hmm. We have such an assault on families that it's a ministry for you to, as a couple, work on being a good couple, a strong couple, a faithful couple that is really committed to going the long haul. And so that speaks volumes to the world. And we know that the world is changed one person at a time. So when I was talking to both John and Francis, we had started the show with John talking about this idea that when they were young in the ministry, wasn't a church endeavor, they just started having couples over at their house. And lives were changed just by doing that. Yes. Quote, yes. unquote, just. Right. <laughs> so tell me, John, what, what, was, what about that? What did you see? Well, you know, what I saw is that people just needed someone to relate to and just to know that, you know what, because they had their view of us, too. And so, when you know, people look up to you, they right, respect right. you, they love you. It's nice to hear from someone that you look up to and you respect to say, hey, you know what, I don't always get it right. Or, you know what, I screwed up on this or whatever. You know, when they hear that, they, it lets them know that, hey, you know what, I guess we are okay. You know, when you get a chance to talk about things, you know, and just really be open but and God's real God's doing about work in all of us. Yes. And, yes. and we don't, like, start to do God's work for us because we're done with our own work. Mm-hmm. Oh, not by a long shot. <laughs> we'll, we'll never get started. In fact, I always tell people, listen, you have to understand, <laughs> we, we get to do God's work and our personal work publicly. Thank mm-hmm. you very much, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so yes. it's like, yes. you know, it's one of those things that God really says in Philippians 1.6, 
the good work is not complete mm-hmm. until that, the day of Christ that's Jesus. Right. That's, right. that's right. So we are always working on something. Yes. Sure. Yes. And if it's so something true. I can add, I don't want to forget this, is that yes. uh, we've had this discussion before. And I know at times when you're having challenges, you know, we're just dealing with each other and you still require to, you need to minister to people. Yeah. And there's a, sometimes there's a little bit of an issue because you're thinking, how could I go minister to other people when I don't have it all together? Right. Or when I have heartache or offense at my spouse and I don't like my spouse today. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing that, you know, that we've had discussions about was the fact that no matter what, truth is truth. Godly principles are godly principles. You're teaching and sharing with people the truth. And the truth has nothing to do with how you're falling short. The truth is what it is. You're sharing good biblical principles with people. This is how you accomplish the best in your marriage when you do these things that still holds true even though we might be working on that exactly so we have to remember we don't always have to have it perfectly right in order to minister people you just have to be in the process and you know just trying to yield to what god is trying to do in your life you know i think that's a great point because we hear so often you know especially in the recovery movement that if you haven't you know achieved that recovery you can't Mm -hmm. teach anybody any farther than what you've gone and and I say to people often, then, well, then what about football coaches? You know, <laughs> exactly. They haven't made it all to the NFL, right? right. right? right. And Olympic co- Olympic coaches, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So there is some value, absolutely, yes. in the authentic, you know, um, presentation of the authentic ability to say, I have this one overcome right. for the most sure. part. I have worked through this. I'm on the other side. You can do it. Yes. And then there yes. still is, like you said, truth is truth, and mm-hmm. whether I've got it or mm-hmm. not. It still works. That's true. And people want to see the authentic. That's right. They want you to be transparent. I've seen the greatest revelation come through when people know that you're not perfect, that you have issues too, that you're working through, that you're in process. And when they know that, it's like they take a big um, breath, a sigh of relief. That's right. And say, wow. I thought I had to be this perfect person in order for my marriage to work or in order for, for, for me to minister to, to someone. Right. Right. Exactly. And then when they hear that, then they they know that God is faithful. God can help me through this. Then. That's right. That's, that's and and I have time to figure this out. Exactly. I don't have to have right. it all together today. Exactly. I mean, look at the, look at the <laughs> disciples that he picked. Oh, yeah. And oh, the amount yes. of patience he had with them. Yes. He knew them. He yes. understood right. what they were working through, what he was asking them to that's do. Right. The mm-hmm. level of faith and belief they were being asked to have. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. amount of sacrifice they were being asked to do. That's right. And he had That's great right. compassion on them. You know, sure. there is a poem that I would um, I I would read a lot of times when I'm speaking or I'm teaching a group of ladies, and it is um, and I'm gonna it's, it's long, so I'm just gonna brief it. But um, in essence, it's it's talking about a um, a water bearer who had two pots on each side of his shoulder and would take it down to the pond, fill it up, bring it back to the house. And one time, the broken pot said to the water barrier, I'm no good. I'm not doing you any, any, any good. Why don't you just release me? And the water barrier took the broken pot back to the pond. And on the way back to the pond, said, do you see on one side of the trail, there are these beautiful lush flowers. On the other side, there aren't as many flowers that this is what happens when God uses broken people 
that this this pot was leaking the water and flourishing the flowers without even knowing it. That's right. We are broken people, but God Absolutely. uses us when we yes. are authentic, Absolutely. when we are transparent. People see our brokenness, but they see how God can use you anyway, how he loves you unconditionally, and how he just has this amazing ability to take broken, flawed people and use them in an incredible way. So I love that poem because it just shows us that, yeah, we leak. But yes. what comes from, <laughs> exactly. from that is could beauty. be something beautiful. That's right. Yes. That's so. right. It's really understanding that, that whole concept that he really has different expectations on yes. us. Yes. Sure. I always say to people, he knows who he's working with. Yes, he he's does. He's not mm-hmm. shocked and surprised. That's right. No. You know, we get shocked. We surprise ourselves, which yes. is never very comfortable. Right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. But, you know, he's not. Yeah, he is And it's not, an, it's not an excuse but the explanation is I'm working with broken people mm-hmm. and I know who I'm working with and I'm bigger mm-hmm. than that. That's right. I just want Absolutely. you to continue to give yourself to me, avail yourself of me True. so that I can use you. True. Yes. That's right. That's Absolutely. It. That's Absolutely. It. And what I believe happens too, I, I, like to, I love Romans eight twenty eight. Yes. You know, and I'm going to really paraphrase this is that God is just basically saying, I will take the good, the bad, the ugly, things that you've caused to happen, things that other people have done against you. I will take everything, you know, and I will turn it into good things. I will take what appears to be losses, and I will turn them into wins if we submit that to him. That's right. If we trust him on that, and he does. And and people just like to know, as Francis stated earlier, people just like to know that, hey, your life is messy too, but you know what? You're still in there. Your life is messy too, but you're still married. Your life is messy too, but you're still ministering to people and giving of yourself. God called us to love people, and loving people doesn't require that we be perfect. Well, you know, I just had this thought as I'm looking at you because you're this huge football player, you know, man, huge <laughs> basketball football player, very he tall. Is, this he is, is why cute. He's very cute. He's very good looking. He's very big, very handsome. That's why people love your bear hugs, right? Uh-huh, but, you know, uh-huh. so as I thought about I thought about football, you know, baseball, any of these, you know, boxing, the heroes are the ones that are injured, and they're like, I'm finishing the game, Yes, right? Absolutely. And they just go out there, and they defy everything, yes. even though they're injured, even though they're beat up, they're bloodied, they're, they look horrible. They just made the worst play of their life, <laughs> right. right? And they run back out on the field. Yeah. Yes. And I think we need to remind That's ourselves good. that yeah. that honors God more than anything. Yes, he doesn't want does. us sitting on the bench nursing our wounds sure. mm-hmm. and thinking that we have to have a perfect, beautiful uniform perfectly in shape, mm-hmm. ready to go out on the field so that we can do the perfect play. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It just doesn't happen. Doesn't. And you know what? What I hear said about a lot of great players is that, uh, you know, they have short memories. Yeah, they just screwed That's up the good. play, but they have a very short memory. God requires that we have a short memory. That's Once a, we confess that sin, he does. give it up, he wipes it out, That's let's right. move forward. That's a great, that's great. Yeah. So yeah. What, what would you both say as we are ending today? What would be... Just encouragement, direction. What would you say to people about ministering together as a couple and, and what it does to your marriage, positive and negative? Let me start. Well, well, go ahead. Yeah, you want me? Okay. I, I would say God doesn't waste anything. It goes oh, along with what good. we were saying. God doesn't waste anything. So our experiences, um, either whether there are, are good experiences or challenges in life, Whatever those experiences are, God doesn't waste anything. If we allow him to use those experiences, then he will use them for the good of helping someone else because um, we are comforted 
you know, and we yes, use absolutely. those, which, you know, that we're comforted to help someone else so That's that right. they would be comforted. Right. It doesn't waste anything. And so I think that if we take those experiences as we as we are doing and we're learning to use those to help someone else um, to come along, that it has been um, an amazing journey for us and has really yes. been beneficial um, in ministering to other people other couples as well as other individuals. I think that's awesome. And I would just say, if you just establish from the beginning, you draw a line in the sand and say, look, this is the person that I'm married to, I'm committed to, I stood before God and committed my life to this other person, you know, as well as just standing before God, creating a covenant. So we're all in covenant. So when you, once you draw the line in the sand and say, no matter what, we're in this, period. When you've established that anyway, no matter what comes, you know the bottom line is that I'm committed to what I'm doing. That's I'm right. committed. That will just alleviate a lot of things. But at the same time, too, we can't be foolish as to say that we don't try to improve in areas that we know. We need to do self-assessments, you know, periodically. Check ourselves. Usually she's right about whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Usually she's right about that. But, but, but the thing of it is, is that I just always need a little space. If you check me on something, then I said, well, give me time to think about it. If I'm wrong, I can I can acknowledge that. Exactly. But, you exactly. know, it's just that sometimes when I'm just in my moment, I don't see anything clearly, you know, so I just have to really just Well, it really things. is about gentleness, and it really is about understanding our spouse and that, you know, they're most vulnerable to us. Sure. Mm-hmm. And sure. so mm-hmm. sometimes we, especially with men, we think they're much stronger mm-hmm. than, than they maybe are. You know, they do have a very, you know... They're just as able to get their feelings hurt just right. as deeply. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I'll tell you the truth. The current research is revealing that we, it may be possible that men have feelings that are deeper than ours. Mm. They may feel sure. things more deeply than we yeah, do. Yeah. And, um, and so, but they don't say it mm-hmm. like we do. Yeah. And they don't always wear it like right. we do. Right. And if they do, many times it's anger or withdrawal, mm-hmm. right. you know, which is right. offensive to women. Right. And we can get exactly. our feelings really hurt. And then we go, and see, everything I thought is true, uh-huh. you know, and it just can <laughs> Viral. It is, you know, and so I think you guys said, both of you said this in the beginning. It's the issue of being offended. Yeah. You know, and I believe as Christians, that is our biggest issue. Yes, it is. Is that if I can get a handle on offense Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. offended I can get, and and I'm not saying offended by something even egregious, I just mean my feelings hurt. Yeah. Being slighted, being feeling dismissed, Mm -hmm. overlooked, Mm -hmm. unappreciated you know, accused of something, whatever that might be, whether it be with my spouse or the bigger picture, you know, the bigger community. Mm -hmm. And so it's really recognizing that it's, it's getting over offenses and it's also making sure that our spouse is the priority and the ministry then flows and it reminds ourselves of that, that if my marriage isn't working, the ministry can work for a while, That's right. yes. but right, it's not right. going to work indefinitely. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, yes. you guys, I so appreciate you being on the show today. <sighs> Thank it you for having us. It has been an honor. Yes. Thank you. We love you so much. <laughs> so she's awesome, by the way, guys. If you don't know, she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll end there. That's a really nice place to end. <laughs> Thank you, That's Cynthia. hilarious. Thank you so much. But really, we just, you know, listeners really want to encourage you today in your marriages, in your upcoming marriage, in your relationships relationships that that you really recognize that God is a God of relationship and the enemy always wants to undo he a divided house cannot stand and so he wants to undo your friendships he wants to undo relationships and family and he certainly wants to unravel marriages so God bless you in your week 
you've listened to Conversations with Cynthia, make sure that you look at the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Like my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. And I will talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, You can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.